White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey, everybody! Hi! Welcome to our last episode of 2015. Can you believe it? So we've now been doing the podcast for like over a year now. Really? Yeah. Wow, time does fly. It's cool. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So this is uh, episode thirty-nine. Nice. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So uh, can I can I just jump right in? Because I've got do. I've got a lot I've got a lot to say today. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Let's hear from you. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. So um, so well, I don't know if it was our question or if it was a comment that came from um, a guy. Uh, called uh, Jomo uh, uh, La. That is like name. That is Jum. What is it? Code code name Jomo, but he, it's like La because he's from L- he's in uh-huh. LA. So this is his response to. So he left us some comments last week, um, in in response to our LGBTQ episode, which is the thirty seven. If you want to watch it, you can uh, go to writtenchinese.com dot com slash episode thirty seven. And by watch, meaning listen. Did I say watch? <laughs> Sorry, I did mean listen. Oh my goodness! Right. So, so basically, he's left us a huge um, essay-style response to episode thirty-seven. Oh. So I asked him if it was okay if I read it out. I mean, it's there on episode thirty-seven on the page, so you can go and have a look. So this is what he says. Um, he says, hi, uh, I, I, I had to come back to comment more. I've listened to this episode uh, two times through now, and I really love your podcast style. Thank you. Oh. I wanted to comment a bit more on my experience as a gay man in China. I thought I could shed some insight for other gay men. Although I live in West Hollywood, the majority of the time I do visit my husband's family frequently in China. Being gay is not a big deal at all for a foreigner, and I agree with you that it doesn't really matter. Uh, there are some things for a gay person new to China to be aware of. So this is really good, and he really like gives us some great like insight. First, if you're like me and have a gay spouse, even having acceptance from your in-laws is something very rare. My in-laws have asked us to call each other roommates or best friends when out to dinner with their friends, and and such due to their involvement in the government and high-level business throughout the country. But they don't pressure either of us about being gay. This is like winning the lottery. <laughs> Second, China is not really the place to be out and proud. It's not a bad thing, but more about the uh, culture honoring humility. I know in the states we we want in your face acceptance, but this needs to be more more relaxed in China. People will think you're crazy, not gay, if you walk around like every day is a gay pride parade. <laughs> Third, talking about being gay is not a problem if you're ready to handle the extremely personal and probing questions that may follow, mostly from people over forty-five. Chinese have a much different definition about what's okay to ask and what's not, which we've kind of discussed in the mm-hmm. past.、Uh, you just might not be ready to be put on the spot, like my mother-in-law asking very detailed <laughs> questions on how Zhuai works. <laughs> what's that? Well, I, I guess to make love. Oh, so I, so I.、Yeah. <laughs> uh, His mother-in-law, mother-in-law, yeah. Wow. Yeah.、Uh, so fourth,、uh, if you end up at dinner with lots of older people, you will be told that you need a Chinese wife, and probably some of the parents will take out their phones and start showing you photos of their 
daughter or a daughter of a close friend. Now is not the time to proclaim one's gayness. This will lead to questions, confusion, and the whole dinner party will be focused on you. Instead, look at the photo, say something nice, and then offer up a toast to your Chinese friends. This will change the topic and we'll get out of the matchmaking session. Hmm. Fifth, so many Chinese girls love gay guys. They make really good friends and allies. Make friends with them and they will always be willing to lend understanding ear uh, an understanding ear and offer great advice. Be warned though, most Chinese girls are very innocent and sweet, well into motherhood. Maybe graphic details you share with your Western girlfriends will send your Chinese friends into giggles with red faces. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sixth, straight Chinese guys are just not that homophobic. I have many straight Chinese friends. Who could care less if I'm gay or not? Um, it is a bit awkward when they uh, when they ask if they if I think they are sexy or tell me that Western guys look so good, or ask about sizes or 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 even to see certain things. Oh. <laughs> They are not being gay, they are just being Chinese. Yep. They are interested in things that are new to them. And the the more personal the questions, the, m the more they're comfortable with you as their friend. Don't overthink this one. Uh, it could lead to a lot more misunderstandings. Seventh, get invited to a gay chat group in WeChat in the area where you are. You quickly have access to hundreds of new friends that will be more than happy to help you get comfortable with your new surroundings. You will probably be asked two questions right away. Where are you and do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean they want to date you, although it could. You have to feel that, you have to feel that one out. Remember, Chinese ask a lot of seemingly personal questions. Hey, just have fun. China, China, uh doesn't think gays are killing the morality of their country. Uh, they will only be caring if you are eating well, drinking hot water, <laughs> wearing slippers in the house, wearing enough clothes outside, enjoying your stay in their country, showing you the most uh, hospitality possible. I have been told I'm not like what Chinese people think Americans to be like over and over. I eat almost anything put in front of me. I comment on every dish I eat. I I offer up toasts to friends, all the new, and I let my genuine love of Chinese culture show through. Later, when people discover it's, I'm gay, it's mostly a non-issue. And on to the next toast. Nine, learn to drink baijiu. It helps a lot about establishing yourself as a trustworthy person. I personally drink the Chinese under the table with that stuff. <laughs> uh, two times having to carry my father-in-law to the car. If you're not a drinker, then have a small sip or move to red wine or beer. If you don't drink at all, you can do like my mother-in-law and she is with tea. Don't use water though. Use something uniquely Chinese. Tenth. Uh, gay Australia, take off the Western goggles. Very little in China is going to fit with Western norms. Mm. In China, life is not all about me, me, me. Am I accepted? Am I valued? Am I respected? It's more about am I accepting others? Am I valuing others? And am I respecting others? Nice. It's so insightful. I think so too. It's great. So I think if, I mean, for anyone out there who, who is gay and potentially coming to China, I think, or is in China already, I think it's nice. It's really nice. Some, some good, great advice. I mean, it's even just interesting. I, neither of us are gay, but it's still really fascinating. It's super interesting, and it's it's um it's very comprehensive. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just. It's just really nice to to hear a little bit about our audiences to find out a little mm -hmm. bit about their personal lives. Definitely. I just imagine, Jimmo is that what he's called? Uh, it's in English, so you can pronounce it however you want, I guess. Because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I just dream. Okay. Yeah. LA. LA. I can just imagine him here in China. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, if you are ever in Shenzhen, come yeah. stop by and we'll have some coffee and mm. it'd be cool to meet. Definitely. We, we've got a lot of uh, listeners in LA, actually. There must, I guess because there's probably a sizable Chinese, Chinese population, population, so people are more it's exposed nice. to Chinese culture, maybe more curious. Mm. That's cool, though. Yeah, Thanks so nice. much yeah, for sharing. You. I think it's great. Um, okay, so we do, we've got some other comments, so I might as well tell you those ones. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, some of you might have heard that there was a bit of a, a landslide last week, and we got a comment, well, a, a question, well, not a question, a concerned fan, uh, Brie. Uh, Brie said she had reports of a landslide. Hope you are safe. We are. It was not close to us. Yeah, that was crazy. So mm. that was in an industrial zone here in Shenzhen. Um, it took out something like 22 factories. The it's, pictures were crazy. It was. It looks horrific, especially if you see the aerial mm. photos. It's look. It's unbelievable. But actually, they evacuated most people. Yeah. So it, it was, was on a weekend as well, wasn't it? So there weren't many people there. Yeah, I mean, there were still there's still people who are missing, but it seems to be less than a hundred, which yeah. of course it's still a hundred people. I mean, eight, they're saying eighty-two. I've heard different quotes, but um, it's definitely less catastrophic than it could be. Yeah. So we definitely our hearts go out to the families who are missing mm. loved ones. But for it's mostly it was mostly the workers' dorm, so it wasn't resident. Fortunately, it wasn't um, residential areas because those. I mean, if you knock out twenty-two buildings, mm -hmm. that's hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. in these high-rise apartments, they're usually five, six people living in one apartment, and they're yeah. you know thirty floors, forty floors. So you do the math; it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like we've 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 gone down. <laughs> but I'm gonna Let's bring, bring I'm gonna up. bring things up with Mark. <laughs> Mark Brand, our number one fan. Oh, Thanks. Mark. Th this is, so this is in response this is on our Facebook page. This is in response to our last episode, episode thirty eight, which was about art in China. And Mark says, thanks for the love, shout out, platonic of course. Very sweet of you. I think China probably did everything 3,000 years before us Europeans, artistically and in science and maths as well. Brutal colonization set them back and conf confounded them temporarily, but they will grain, regain their preeminence in due course. You two are in the right place. Mm, I guess he means Western influence. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Mark, where are you? I always see yeah. these pictures of him like in the jungle. So I'm just Being curious. Coloni colonizing someone I'm else. I'm just probably. curious what where he is and what he's doing mm -hmm. and why he's listening to us. Not not that I'm complaining. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got another comment from Ian. Uh, he says, we have a similar place uh, in Chengdu called Chengdu Eastern Memory. So I guess this is in relation to the maybe the museum's uh, art galleries and things we mentioned. Oh, yeah. And probably OCT Loft that we mentioned in the art episode. Uh, he says, I've visited similar places in other cities in China. I think most of the places are copies of the 798 art zone in Beijing. Uh, they feel more like cash cows than art areas. Keep up the great podcasts. Merry Christmas. Oh, happy Christmas. Sorry, not Merry Christmas. Nice. Uh, and finally, last point before we get onto our uh, fact of the week. Uh, we finally got our postcard. Yeah. Yes, we did. Finally. How many weeks was it? Uh, it was four, at least four. four. Weeks. 
Yeah, we definitely did. That was awesome, though. Real fan mail. I know. It's nice. It's in uh, we should, Did we take... Oh, no, we did take a picture. Oh, yeah, it's on our Facebook page. You can have a look. Indeed. Okay, so let's get on. So my a lot of my comments are all about lists. So we've had the our 10 pieces of information for gay people in China. This is uh, this is based on the on Shanghai's top 10 most extravagant purchases of 2015. <gasps> oh. It's good. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, so here we go. So so basically apparently China now has more billionaires than the United States. Probably not that surprising. Doesn't surprise. So there are stories of rich people doing crazy things with their money. Uh, so this goes from 10 to 1. So number 10 is uh, a mansion that was bought by the New Zealand's Prime Minister in a new Chinese neighbourhood. Uh, Wait. Yeah, actually, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Why? Because this isn't about Chinese people. But um, the New Zealand Prime Minister bought a mansion in, in China. A China. No, no, no. In a Chinese ne- Oh yeah, maybe. In a Chinese neighbourhood? Oh, it doesn't say. Hmm. Let's move it on. It says, <laughs> in a Chinese neighbourhood. No, wait, wait, wait. This mansion bought by the New Zealand Prime Minister's new Chinese neighbours. Oh, so I'll bet you they bought an apartment next, next to, to the, the Prime, Prime Minister. Minister. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm too. I'm getting too excited about New Year. Oh, so the the house has a spa, wine cellar, heated swimming pool, and offices with city views. <laughs> it's also on the same street as yeah. So the Prime Minister is John Key. Sorry, New Zealand, I don't know much about your politics. (laughs) Okay, so number nine is a fleet of luxury cars to fetch a bride. In April, a fleet of four stretch Hummers and more than 30 expensive sports cars appeared on the streets in Shandong province to kick off a wedding ceremony for the blushing... Oh, she was a foreign bride and her two-halb groom. Wow. Two-halb. Maybe we should explain what two-halb is. Sure, go for it. So Tu Hao is is the Chinese word for basically nouveau riche. Yeah. So they <clears throat> the people who have come into money recently and who are <laughs> I've been um it's been described to me that it's usually like a Tu Hao is somebody who's wearing like a big like a Chinese guy who's wearing like a big gold chain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I've never seen a Chinese person with a big gold chain. I think that must be from the 90s or something. Maybe. I haven't seen that either. Now it's mostly associated with iPhones. Yeah. Making, having all the newest Apple products, iPhone, iWatch, iPhone, iPhone, blah, blah. But you see a lot of ridiculous purchases, you know, like a lot of these, the, you know, the, they're buying Gucci and Prada and whatever, but they don't know how to match their outfits no. or anything. So all of the things that they're wearing are very expensive, but they're just kind of like slapped together and there's no actual style yeah. to it. And so this is kind of a two-how, two-how move. Yeah. <laughs> So number eight is a nude painting uh, bought by a former taxi driver turned billionaire who bought the, now excuse my pronunciation, uh, uh, Modigliani painting uh, for $170.4 million at a Christie's auction in New York. So this guy was a taxi driver. Huh. I wonder what he did. I don't know. I'm a billionaire. I don't know. There are links to further stories, so I guess if you're interested in that former taxi driver, you can go and go to the link. Uh, number seven, uh, the most expensive diamond ever auctioned off. After purchasing it at auction for $48.4 million, 
the buyer chose to call his newest rock the Blue Moon of Josephine after his seven-year-old daughter. Wow. Um, number six is a luxury funeral for a tiny dog. Oh, God. Yeah, so Shanghai now, apparently now has a company that offers luxury pet funerals, complete with wooden coffins, Audi processions, and remembrance ceremonies. Oh, All dogs may go to heaven. Oh, man. Uh, number five is uh, 33,000 crabs were bought solely to be returned to the river. This re reminded me of that story you told. Of the snakes? Of the snakes, yeah. So a mysterious millionaire from Zhejiang province bought up, bought up 1.2 million yuan's worth of crabs and released the whole lot back into a river. Oh. Much to the dismay of an aquatic life expert. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so apparently it's, I guess it's, they it's shouldn't be there. disrupted the ecosystem. I imagine so. But it sounds like he was trying to do it out of... Yeah, being nice. Being nice, yeah. Yeah. Just like those snakes. But if you're going to release snakes back into the wild, yeah. don't do it in a public park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you've gained nothing from our podcast, listen to that yes. piece of advice. <laughs> Number four is a five-star hotel's pool for a pet sea lion's birthday party. Oh no. That's my this is my favorite. That's awesome. The sea lion's owner, sorry, a man reportedly in his late 20s, rented out the swimming pool in advance and arranged for chefs at the hotel to prepare a giant feast for his prized pet. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sea lion as a yep, pet. Sea lion. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like a I dream. Like, like that's what I, you know, when I was little, you I would dream about having all these wild crazy animals. <laughs> and also a big room that was one big trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I think this is this very well connects into the two how thing. Uh, so number three is uh, two Apple watches bought for Wang Tong's dog. I'm not sure. I hope I've pronounced this in right. So he's the the son of the richest Chinese richest man, mm. and he went uh, out. <laughs> seemingly went out of his way to annoy every person on Weibo by posting pictures of his dog decked out in two Apple Watches. Oh, no. Yeah, There's a picture that goes with this, and they're the really expensive ones. <laughs> That's too hell. Yeah. Yep. So number two is a New Zealand island. Chinese tycoon and developer put up uh, 7.5 million New Zealand dollars, which is 35 million renminbi, to purchase one of uh, one of New Zealand's most exclusively private-owned island, or as she likes to call it, her toy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, that's great. And the last one is not just one island, but a bundle of islands, South Pacific islands. Um, Islands are not that expensive. About 3 million yuan for one island, entrepreneur Lin Dong was quoted as saying in a Guangzhou Daily Report. Oh, so I guess this dude is just buying lots and lots of oh, islands. Man. Yep. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. When you were little um, and you didn't finish your dinner, did mm -hmm. your parents ever tell you that there were children starving in China? Uh, yeah. Or like they were going to ship your food to China? Or um, something like I. No, just the starving they child make thing. you feel bad yeah, about oh, not eating your food absolutely. by saying that. Well, <laughs> mom, dad, if you're listening, <laughs> they've got plenty of food here. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
That's crazy. Yes. So, uh, let's let's get to our question, Annie. Mm -hmm. So our question comes from Andrea, and she says she left our message on our Facebook, I think, Facebook page. But if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Oh, by the way, we are playing favorites with the voicemails. Oh, yeah, that's so true. So if you send us a voicemail, it's more likely that we're going to answer your question um, before some of the written ones. Because we want to hear your voice. Yeah, we've gotten quite a good number of written questions, which is awesome, and we will be yeah. talking about each and every one of them. But if you send us a voicemail, you can expedite your answer. Yeah. So just a little hint. Yeah, you get bumped up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Andrea says, Hi ladies, I'm an American moving to Shanghai in January and I want to know how to avoid losing face. What things do we Westerners often do that come across as rude or tasteless to the Chinese? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think this is a good it's question. It's a great question. Yeah. The whole concept of face is something that people are really curious about because mm-hmm. it's not a concept that we're used to in the West. No. So, in general, if I would just create like a loose definition for face it's to be it's it's kind of like to be embarrassed by doing something yeah but it's not quite as straightforward as that mm. yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of like about humility as well do you think a bit yeah and it's also about a lot of it has to do with how the community like basically if you do something that the community expects you or if you don't do something that the community around you expects you to do then you Mm. lose face for example if you are unmarried by the age of you know 28 29 and all your friends are married and having kids and everything like that then you'll lose face but not just that but your family probably would as well yeah and your family your parents that's probably why there's some i mean there's that's not the only reason, but I imagine that's one of the reasons why parents put so much pressure on their kids, mm-hmm. as well as obviously because they want some children, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And similarly, if your class, so if where you went to school, if your classmates are all making lots and lots of money and you're not making a lot of money, again, you lose face because yeah. people expect you to make that certain level because mm-hmm. you're in that group of people. Yeah. So you lose face. But you can you can gain face, and gaining face is usually done with money, mm-hmm. from my experience. Uh, I, uh, yeah, but it's 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 often quite obvious, like fit the, <laughs> I don't know, it's they're really obvious bribes often. When I was teaching, there was uh, there were always like generous, generous gifts, gifts or and things Dinners. like that, and they were obviously to gain face and to show off in front, you know, we, we have, we can offer you this. Yeah. Dinners and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Paying definitely. for expensive dinners is probably the, one of the most common ways that mm-hmm. people gain face. Yeah. Definitely. I thought it was interesting. I found this example, um, of losing face. So if you are, uh, if, if you're at a dinner party and one of the guests insults the host, um, actually, the host doesn't lose face, but that guest who's insulting them loses face because they're not respecting the person. So yeah. it's not necessarily – so that's, that's one example where it's not really embarrassed. Like it's not a perfect definition to say that it's being embarrassed because if one of your guests mm-hmm. insults you at your dinner party, 
then obviously you feel embarrassed, right? But in this situation, you don't lose face. It's that person who is rude enough, who hasn't been, and so their family also loses face because they didn't raise the person right yeah. to respect the host or respect people above them. Yeah. So they'll, yeah, mm. so so they'll actually lose face. Yeah. Even though the, the host might be embarrassed by being, <clears throat> by having flaws pointed out. Yeah. They don't actually lose face in yeah. the situation. Actually, I had a, I had a similar story. I mean, a real life story. Mm. Uh, obviously, I won't give any names or anything. But so this happened in a Chinese office, not ours. This this kind of thing would never happen in our office. <laughs> our office uh, is perfect. It is. So basically, there was um, an issue between like a let's say um, uh, an HR woman. Like she was, she's quite um, she's older, um, but she's not married and stuff like that. And basically, there was an issue between her and another member of staff. I can't, I'm not sure what exactly what the issue was. So basically the younger woman in front of everyone basically shouted a lot of verbal like abuse, which is in itself like, I, I guess I, maybe I'm in a bubble because I think our office, none of that stuff ever happens in our office. Yeah. But this, actually I've heard lots of stories about this particular office <laughs> uh, where there are lots of drama, like, like strange episodes and yeah, the, Every, basically, everyone turned their back on this, what this girl who had said all these like slanderous things, mm. like, and it was uh, probably the other, the woman, the older woman was probably mortified, but the yeah, everyone was like turned their back, and the young girl was ooh, put in a place apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. But this is all what we're talking about is Chinese people losing face in front of Chinese people. Yeah. Well, the question is about what do Westerners do That's right. to lose, that lose, makes them lose face mm. in front of Chinese. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, well, actually, um, I, so I mean, I've got my own thoughts, but so I, I did some research and I came up with um, an infographic. Mm. Uh, so I'll, I'll share the, the page that I got this information from. This infographic was actually made by the Chinese Communist Party's People's Daily Newspaper. Okay. So this was, but I think this was on their website. And basically this, this was from uh, the beginning of last year, I believe. This uh, was highlighting various incidents of rude behavior done by foreign tourists in China. Now, a lot of us, you're going to laugh because I'm going to bet money that every single one of these things have been done by Chinese people. But these things were like done by foreigners and just made Chinese people very upset. So the first one is public nudity and photography. Uh, oh. Yeah, so there was, apparently there was two American women caught taking partially nude photos. Um, so yeah, this this upset people, which I can, I mean, I think that would upset people anywhere, yeah, really. That no would kidding. upset me it's too. <laughs> uh, number two, camping on the Great Wall. Oh. That sounds like something Chinese people exactly. would do. Exactly, I think so too. This is referring, they steal, pieces of the wall why can't you just camp there so this is this is referring to an incident actually this is way back in 2009 when a group of foreigners camped out on the historical site despite signs declaring it prohibited uh number three uh, peeing on expressways uh which i've definitely seen exactly that's what i'm saying like how how, where does this come from uh this there was a case in 2013 where a bus full of sightseers from denmark made an impromptu stop on the busy shanghai expressway so that half a dozen guys could take a leak in full view of oncoming traffic 
Oh, this is I've come seen on. this, this so is, many exactly. times. Uh, number four, swimming in no swimming areas. I've also seen this done by Chinese people. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. In two- <laughs> I wonder why we're being <laughs> pointed out for this. Though. I don't know. In 2007, a group from France caused a stir after swimming in an area which had no swimming signs posted around. This is a this is great. This is genius. Number five, two people sitting on a four-person bench. Oh. Yeah. What? There's no information about that. <laughs> it doesn't say. There's no. There is no information. I guess maybe they had their stuff kind of splayed out and weren't allowing other people to sit there. You get the bus. Yeah. All those times you've had to climb over everyone because they sit on the outside, like instead of shuffling in. Yeah. You have to true. climb over them to get on the, the chair, like the seat next to them. It's but the if they scenario. have stuff sitting next to them yeah. and you obviously want to sit there, they'll move it. Probably. So maybe I'm guessing what happened was they just weren't sharing they, the they bench. Just spread out. Because Chinese people have no problem. Like if you're sitting at a small table and they have no just problem true. just plopping themselves next right, to you. Right. Even That's if it's just like a small private table. Mm-hmm. You know, often at Starbucks, you'll be yeah. sitting there. That's if true. there's a free chair at your table, they'll just sit down. <laughs> And you're like, hey, how's it going? Because that's just out of necessity. I mean, it's just crowded here. They see an empty chair. They don't think twice about sitting in it. it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and that's something that we would probably feel embarrassed about, wouldn't we? Yeah. If we we did that at home. I mean, at least you should say, like, can I sit I mean, but they don't think that way. I I don't know. I guess once you get used to it, it's not really a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So number six is uh, climbing trees. Ooh. Yeah. Number seven, you'll you'll like this one. Eating popcorn on the street and oh. spilling some. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. rude? Yeah. Eight. So cl- throwing trash on the ground and spitting. Yeah. And right. It does. Yeah. Those things. Oh, eating fine. sun like there's sunflower seeds like the shells are mm-hmm. freaking everywhere in China. Mm-hmm. But popcorn. Oh no. No. Huh. Uh, eight. Climb. This is just weird. Climbing into big vats and getting a picture taken. Big vats. Vats, yeah. A vat of, I guess, something, a vat, like, a that would usually have something in it. I don't know. That seems like an odd thing for... I, I agree. ...us to be doing. Um, Number nine, peeing off or on the Great Wall. I mean, oh. I guess that that's pretty bad. That but, is but pretty But I bad. bet there are lots of people who've done that, Chinese people who've done that too. Yeah. I, I imagine. And number ten, which, which just is the worst one because... We've had a story about this particular thing done by Chinese people. Number 10 is having your picture taken standing on cultural heritage. Mm. Oh, man. Mm. Even Mm. though there's reports of Chinese people desecrating the pyramids and stuff like that. Already? Yeah. Well, Well, you yourself, you said that they, like, often Chinese people will take pieces of the Great Wall. It keeps disappearing one meter a year or something like that. And and do you remember that? uh, Where was it? Uh, there was a story I told a couple of months ago about that uh, photographer who it was some some uh, heritage site like cultural heritage site uh, where they were they were nude or mm-hmm. semi nude models. Do you remember? Chinese, yeah, yeah, it's Chinese. Oh yeah, I can't remember where. Well, it can was. we disagree that we're all bad then? <laughs> yeah, we but are, I'm, of course. What, I, are these were these specifically? Um, said to make you lose face, though. I, or was it just well, like rude things? These were rude things because I, I just, because she uh, Andrea said 
about being things that would come across as rude mm-hmm. to Chinese people. So that's where I went with it. Yeah, I definitely say that these were rude. And I think that foreigners do a lot of things that would be considered rude in China. Like, for example, if you're at a dinner and you pour yourself tea before mm-hmm. pouring other people tea, that's also rude. Yeah. Um, or blowing your nose and putting the, the tissue, tissue and putting the tissue back in your pocket—that's very crass. Yeah. Um, but here's my thought: I don't think that any of these situations necessarily really make a foreigner to lose face. Yeah. I don't think a foreigner has face unless they are part of the. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion: unless they are an integral part of a Chinese community, meaning they've been living there for a long time. They speak the language. They're seen by Chinese people as equals. Mm. I don't think that we really have face. I think that we're because face is determined by your the society around you. Yeah. So if you're not actually a part of that society, then I don't think you can you can cause others to lose face. It's very important to be respectful because as a foreigner, you can easily make others. And actually, because you're a foreigner, you have to be especially careful about making people lose face. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty obvious to know, um, you feel it out. Like you just, you're polite. If you're polite and you're respectful and you don't do anything that's disruptive or destructive, Mm -hmm. then I think you won't have a problem. But in general, I personally, even after having been here for six years, I don't think that I'm held by the same standards, even though I do have close Chinese friends. I think I don't really lose. Like if if a Chinese person pays for my dinner, I don't think that I lose face. Yeah, I agree. I guess they're also based on, um, yeah, like we don't have face because we're not affected by the same things, by the same, we don't have the same level of like, um, you say it like if we were to drink together mm-hmm. and I didn't like toast you, toast in, the right you way. in the right way well then neither of us would be bothered right mm-hmm. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah no I wouldn't be exactly bothered. but if it was with a Chinese person then probably that would cause them to lose face but not me yes yeah. even if I even though I'm doing it wrong like actually it would probably bother it would be a problem for them not not for me mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, I've never felt like I, I lost, I've lost face. Like I know that there are, are always things I've done wrong. Like the other day, um, I think it was just before Christmas, and um, I went outside, and it was a really nice day. Actually, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't cold. So I actually I was out in a t-shirt, like without nothing else. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously trousers. <laughs> Um, and, Were you one of those nude foreigners? Yeah, that, that was me. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> going to the shop. Um, the everyone like people were staring at me, and I was like, "What is wrong with these people? Like, it's just a t-shirt." I knew the problem immediately, and then I went into my little local store underneath my building, and she said, "Oh, you know, in China in winter, you, you should wear long sleeves." And I was like, "I know, but it's hot." What are you yeah. going to do about it? I'm not going to wear long sleeves just because culturally I'm, I'm supposed to. It's unnecessary. It's warm. I, you know, like, anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about 75 degrees and sunny here, mm-hmm. so. It was glorious. <laughs> it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so I think 
Andrea, like, I don't think you should, this is something that you necessarily need to worry about. No. I think it's pretty obvious if you're trying to be culturally sensitive and if you're not. And as long as you're, you're not, you know, you're trying, you're being observant of the people around you, I think it's very unlikely that you'll lose face in any kind of a major way because who are you even because yeah. see the thing is when you lose face it's you're you lose, someone right yeah you lose face to somebody like to your you know for your family or for your friends or for mm. your colleagues like you lose face in front of other people but if you're a foreigner and you're unaware of that whole situation yeah exactly it is irrelevant to you isn't if you whether yeah. a chinese person thinks you lose face or not it, i don't even think that they would because you're not mm. you're just not held accountable right. the same way that yeah. Chinese people are. That's true. Yeah. It's different, I think, if you're, you know, let's say you're married to a Chinese person um, and you are, yeah, you're you're actually part of the society in a very deep way. Mm. Your child is half Chinese and goes to school with Chinese people. You live, you've been living there for a long time. You're very deeply um, a part of Chinese mm. culture. Then, yeah, I think that these rules will more apply to you, but especially if you're coming for a year, two years or something like that, even after six years, like I mentioned, I don't feel the pressures of face. No, me I'm aware, I'm aware of when other people lose face, usually, mm. um, but for the most part, I, I don't feel like I've necessarily, maybe I'm being completely ignorant, but, but as I understand it, it's determined by your, specifically your social network so if you don't have that here then there's no way to to scar it yeah yeah i i i, I agree mm -hmm. yeah. so our chinese <clears throat> lesson this week Ooh. so there's actually two ways to say um lose face okay so you can say mian, and mian is like literally Throw like to away. drop yeah to drop your face <laughs> Yeah. And then the other one is, or Julian. Yeah, there's two ways. And then the other way is, um, Okay. So, is like not. That sounds really cruel. Not having face, but it's actually lighter. Oh, really? Yeah. If you Julian, it's a bit like Julian is a bit uh, harsher mm. than Meo Mianzi. Meo Mianzi is kind of like, oh, it was kind of embarrassing. So there's two ways to say okay. it. So if you want to learn more about those Chinese characters, I'm sure Holly will post it on the show notes. I will, absolutely. BritainChinese.com slash episode 39. Nine. Yep, indeed. Woo. Yeah, so don't forget if you want to leave us a question, uh, you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. So as Nora mentioned earlier, if you leave us a real message with your own voice <laughs> or someone else's voice, never mind, um, yeah, you'll you'll be bumped up, and we will answer your question. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're eager to get a response, send us a voicemail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, if you find yourself with a few spare minutes over the holidays, maybe you could leave us a review on yeah. iTunes. That would be much appreciated. If you're not sure how to do it, we have a link on um, our. So you can go to writtenchinese.com/episode39, and you can give us a review. Mm -hmm. I'll show you how to do it. Yep. It's really annoying asking for reviews. <laughs> like, please. Yeah, but please. it really helps us. Like, if you guys, the, I guess the thought, the, the idea is that if you guys find our podcast helpful or 
even entertaining in any way, <laughs> um, and you think that other people should also listen to us, then if you give us a review, then that will like bump us up in iTunes, so more people will see us, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'd like it if you could do it for us. <laughs> Thank you, please. As a you know, as a as a gift, as a Christmas gift to us. Oh, which reminds me, uh, if you haven't already, you can claim some free free flashcards. Um, the the code is two white chicks, and to get instructions, also go to writtenchinese.com slash episode thirty nine. This is for our written Chinese, written Chinese dictionary, dictionary app, which, which we've mentioned a few times. A few times, <laughs> but um, that's what Holly and I are doing over here. Right. Uh, and so if you search on Google Play or on uh, the App Store, you mm-hmm. can search WCC Dictionary. WCC is writtenchinese.com. Yeah. So search for that; it's free, and then you can claim also. F- Claim, as Holly mentioned, claim some free flashcards. Actually, there are loads of free flashcards There's on there. There's tons of free stuff. We've just put on some uh, Western holidays for like Christmas and New Year. Mm-hmm. So you can learn some vocabulary. Um, Check this out. Our CEO is not that interested in making revenue right now, but he will be in the future. So get him now. <laughs> he will be once he's listened to this podcast. <laughs> what? They said what? <laughs> no, we're giving a lot of free stuff away right now. So um, don't delay. Get it now. Act now. Act yeah. fast. <laughs> well, anyway, so the next time our episode, our next episode, I'm sorry, will be in 2016. So I guess we should say Happy New Year. Definitely we should. Yep. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.